This is the best of daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Go to jfbelievers.com for more information. The Gospel of John, chapter 9. Verse 4 says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, the disciples here were interested in the why, but you see, Jesus was more interested in the what. They wanted to know why the problem, Jesus wanted to deal with the problem. Now, if this man's blindness was a result of his own sin, then we have to ask, when did he sin? I mean, he was, after all, born blind. And interestingly enough, they apparently had an answer for this in that day. We read a story back in Genesis 25 where the rabbis of that day taught that a man could actually sin in the womb. Such a doctrine provided for them, you see, a way in which to explain away birth defects. They also taught that it was possible for the sins of one's parents to have repercussions in an individual's life. Now, Jesus, unlike most of mankind, He understood, well, the mortal side of his earthly living. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean that he knew there was an end of this physical life. Such a fact, no doubt, caused in him a great motivation to, well, get it on. For the time was critical, and he knew this. And, And we need to know, too, that we have such little time to do what we've been called to do. Jesus here states that the night is indeed coming. And when it comes, well, all of this is finished. True, we will never have to work again, but we also will never have a need to strive for the kingdom or share our faith with the lost. There will be no more uttermost parts of the earth in which to preach his gospel, no more a lost neighbor to tell of his love and his forgiveness. Yes, there will be no more battles to fight. Of course, that is good in one aspect, but I got to say it will be a bittersweet finale, I think. Notice that for Jesus, his ministry was one of constraint. Oh, how we hate that word, don't we? I mean, we actively avoid even a hint of such constraint, wanting to believe that such an ideal negates the love that is to be behind our service unto God. We don't want to feel like anyone or anything's making us do anything. I mean, we want to believe that serving Jesus, well, should always be fun, and we will always have an earthly desire to be a part of it. But you know what? That's just not true. Jesus said he was compelled, quote-unquote, to do the works of God. Now, why? I mean, was he special in that respect, or or all of us, even filled with the spirit of the one God, so driven to act upon our faith? Jesus said, I must work the works of God. And the I, in most scriptural versions, is given as the more accurate word, we, quote unquote. Thus, the reading would reach beyond just Jesus into those who walked with him. So it would read, we must work the works of him who sent me. And again, 
The language is indeed emphatic. We must work the works of him who sent me. Is that a fact for you today? When Jesus was in the world physically, he was the light of the world to all men. And in him was life. And the life was the light of men. He still is that light, you know. But you see, now we have to come into his world in order to experience it. Because this world is a world of darkness. And the light there, it was right there in that blind man's midst. But yet Jesus had to open his eyes in order for him to see it, didn't he? You see, for him, the blind man, it was a physical healing that was needed. For us, most often it is a spiritual transformation, a rebirth that is needed for us to enter into the world of light. Verse 6 says, When he had said this, he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, anointed the blind man's eyes with the mud. And he said to him, Now go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went away, washed, and came back seeing. Now, throughout the ages, there has been a lot of conjecture over just why Jesus would use such a methodology in healing this man. So anything I would offer, being hardly a specialist, it would be merely repeated conjecture. No doubt the ultimate answer is frankly much simpler than man's multiple theories. The bottom line here is that he did it because he wanted to, and he's God. So, now we do know that God in scripture did indeed use various methods when it came to healing. He still does the same today. Sometimes he heals immediately and he heals supernaturally with merely a word. Sometimes he used the hands of others spiritually of course, which sadly has precipitated a modern theology that has spawned a multiplicity of healers and healing services at churches around the world, often at the expense of worship and real gospel teaching. Other times he actually uses doctor's hands in a natural or medicinal method. Sometimes, frankly, he doesn't heal at all. That too is not without scriptural precedent, is it? Oftentimes, Christ in the Gospels would merely choose one person from an entire group in which to heal, well, like at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus seems to be pushing this man, this particular man, into an exercise of faith, and he would do so all along this road and this story of his healing. This man, he had to trust Jesus when he worked in an unusual in a non-traditional way. He also, like Naaman back in 2 Kings 5, he actually was expected to therefore act in tandem with the work of God. Now this too is often the case with us. Because you see, if this man had not obeyed, he would not have gained his sight. If he had not obeyed, he would still be blind. So please note here, it was not enough to simply believe that Jesus could heal him. Oh, when we uh, learn to move in the Holy Spirit, it, that's a great thing. But we have to move in that Holy Spirit, not just feel that spirit. Truth is, I find very little in Scripture pertaining to how we feel. 
our faith and its manifestations are to dwell in the realm of truth. Not, not in the realm of something as fickle as our emotions. This man, now he did as he was instructed. And because he did, he returned with the ability to see. There just has got to be a spiritual picture in there somewhere, doesn't there? Since he had never been able to see, this miracle is especially momentous. I mean, can you imagine for a moment? This guy would not even have a, a point of reference to comprehend what sight even was. I mean, just suddenly, light. So much light. So much information coming at him so fast. But now he knew where he was walking. He truly knew where he was going. In fact, for the first time in his life. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.